Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino. Quick reminder to our audience that during season three, we are practicing social distancing, so our audio might sound a little bit different. Today, we have a very special student panel for you. Um, all of our students are coming from different animal backgrounds. We have a small animal, equine, food animal, and wildlife student with us today. So guys, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Hi, everybody. Uh, I wish you guys could see them. They all look great. They all look happy and healthy from wherever they are across the country right now. Three of our students are actually rising seniors. I can't believe you guys are rising seniors and they're doing externships this summer. And then we have a rising sophomore. So I would love for them to introduce themselves. We'll start with the youngest student first. So Taylor, go ahead and tell us where you did your undergrad and what does small animal mean to you? So I did my undergrad uh, two years at UCF and two years at FIU in Miami and um, kind of have always been into small animal medicine. I worked uh, GP and emergency and small, so small animal medicine to me is, you know, your average dog and cat that comes into the clinic, uh, whether on an emergency basis or just, um, you know, long-term care and treatment. And Taylor, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, where is that gorgeous accent coming from? So originally, um, my whole family is from Europe. My mum's English, so I sort of adopted her accent. But I was born and raised in France, so she taught me English, and the accent sort of stuck. Wonderful. Let's go ahead and go over to our equine student, Miss Caroline. Let us know where you did your undergrad, and what does equine medicine mean to you? Hey everybody, uh, so I'm Caroline. Um, I'm originally from the Chicago area and I did my undergrad at the University of Wisconsin in, in Madison, so go Badgers. Equine medicine to me is, it's really unique because you have this uh, kind of companion animal aspect that you see with it in the small animal medicine world, but you know, there's also so many other things you can do because these animals are athletes and so a lot of times you are treating them like you would an athlete that goes out and competes and can be profitable and even like a superstar someday. So it's, it's really cool. And you get to meet a lot of really interesting people and horses through it. I love the analogy that you're treating athletes. You could be treating an athlete and it always, when I hear things like that from veterinarians and students, it reminds me, this is a profession and it needs to be taken seriously. And you're caring for some very expensive companion animals or athletes at some point. Now let's go on over to our food animal student. I don't know how often we consider food animals athletes, but Alejandra, go ahead and let us know uh, where you went to undergrad and what does food animal medicine mean to you? So I'm originally from Columbia, but I did my part of my undergrad at the University of Miami. And then I finished my, my undergrad here at UF. Um, and then food animal means to me pretty much, it's just a reminder of where I came from. I was raised in a cattle ranch in Columbia. And uh, I just want to continue on that. Speaking for the people that, that don't really have a, have a current voice within our particular our country, um, there's a lot of um, politics and, uh, and things that are going on with regarding food animal right now. And uh, I think uh, food animal people and, and people in agriculture need a voice 
So veterinarians in this field uh, need to speak out for them. Yes, I love this talking about being a voice for the voiceless. Uh, you know, in vet med, that's what students and veterinarians do for all of their all of the species, but specifically for maybe underrepresented parts of the field, like food animal medicine, rural parts of the country, that's a really um, important piece. So thank you for sharing that. And last but not least, let's hear from Miss Brittany, who's representing the wildlife zoo, but probably specifically birds. Brittany, tell us about your undergrad and what wildlife zoo med exotics means to you. So I did my undergrad at Florida Atlantic University in South Florida. Um, wildlife medicine and zoo medicine to me is just like the best of everything. You see just such a wide variety of species. You never know what's going to walk in the door. And it's just such a field that's like still advancing. Like there's so much that we don't know. So there's a lot of research that goes in, into it, which I really love. And just like being on that forefront of like advancing a field is like really inspiring to me. And just like a lot of the issues that we face with wildlife, um, is just due to like a lack of education and like people just being able to be like a voice and be that resource that can educate people and like really make a difference is empowering to me. I think that something that potentially new students to the field who aren't in vet school yet, they really want to get involved with wildlife and zoom ed and exotics because those animals are so cool and they grew up seeing them on Animal Planet, but they forget or maybe they just don't know that like you mentioned, research is so important because there's so much we don't know about these animals yet. So it's not, I'm gonna go out and play with an elephant. It's, I'm gonna do a lot of research. I'm gonna learn about these animals. What diseases exactly. do they have? Conservation, and that's a huge piece. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Before we get started into each person's area, I think it's great that we have so many different types of guests on the podcast. And since we have four students, I would love to hear a little bit more about what lenses each person is putting on in their daily life. And that could be, do we have any non-traditional students with us? Like maybe somebody who didn't go right into vet school. Do we have a student who is a first generation student? Do we have any um, students on the podcast today who maybe speak other languages? So just have letting our audience know that y'all come from similar lived experiences. So like Taylor mentioned, you know, being from another country and, and so did Alejandro, so all of that. So um, who, who wants to speak to any other lenses that they're bringing to the table today? Alejandro, go ahead. So you actually mentioned a couple of uh, the things that I, that, uh, that I have in my past. Uh, I was, like I said, I was born in Colombia. I speak Spanish. I used to speak German, but when I moved to the States, I forgot. Um, but I'm also a first generation student here in the States and uh, it's been rough. Uh, learning the, you know, how getting to vet school is. Um, my undergrad was in engineering. It took me seven years to finish engineering. Um, and it took me three, three tries to get into vet school. So it's definitely been an experience. Yeah, similar to um, Alejandra, I um, was a first generation, I am first generation student as well. So venturing through the American college system, uh, undergraduate all the way to vet school was something I sort of had to do on my own. Um, my parents supported me the whole way, but I sort of, you know, was blind to everything and it was overwhelming at first, but it kind of just did show me that everyone does it differently and there is no right way to really do it. You just, you have to do it for your own reasons and you get there eventually. Uh, so I guess something that's a little bit different for me is that my undergraduate degree was in business. And so 
it's kind of given me a different perspective going into veterinary medicine. Um, I did obviously have to take the science classes to get the prereqs and I did end up being able to earn an animal science degree on top of it. But like really focusing on business in my undergrad has allowed me to go into veterinary medicine thinking about the idea of having to eventually run a business someday and how to make money because, you know, at the end of the day, it's great, you know, taking care of all these animals and helping people out, but you do have to be able to support yourself and support your job. So similar to Caroline, like I also had a different major before this. I was actually pursuing special education. And for me, like, I feel like that really helped play a role in just the kind of, just the way I like communicate with people. I, those classes that I took in that major, I actually completed about like half the major. And it just like showed me a different perspective of like talking to people and being able to relate to people even if they're not doing a great job at communicating with you and just using those like education classes to be able to uh, expand on the way that I want to someday educate a lot of people, especially going into conservation medicine. Let's get into vet school and your individual paths. So the first question I have for my panel is I wanna know the favorite class you've taken so far in regard to your area of interest? Um, my favorite class has been uh, advanced theorio. Uh, so theory of genealogy is all reproduction stuff. And that's pretty much everything that I've done for the past, I don't know, like six years with regarding cattle. Um, teaching all about like all your, uh, your reproductive cycles um, and teaching you like all the different things that you see that you can see with with cattle with regards to reproduction, the importance of uh, reproduction within a dairy herd, um, and then everything that you need to know regarding like the medical medical aspect of things like surgery stuff, uh, and, and 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 things that you will use on a daily basis as a as a at least dairy veterinarian. So for me, um, the physiology classes, especially renal physiology, surprisingly, was one of my favorite classes in first year. Um, for me, it just really tied all the physiology classes together. In first year, you're very much learning like the basis of how like uh, an animal systems work. So for renal physiology, it really just tied it all together, like the cardio, the respirations, and um, I really enjoyed that. It gets really complex, but that was my favorite class. So for me, one of my favorite classes that has to do like specifically with my, what I was interested in is the reptile medicine class. And this year was different actually because we did that class on a Zoom given the COVID situation. Um, and basically we watched all of the lectures beforehand from that were recorded last year. And then we used our Zoom meeting time to be able to discuss with the actual lecturers. So it was a really cool way of doing the class because we got to do like a more of a discussion-based type of learning with the people that were actually giving the lectures and kind of network with a lot of people that were like experts in reptile medicine on all different zoos and wildlife centers. And it was just a really interesting way to take that class. Brittany, go ahead and talk to us about how there, there could be a lack of these types of courses that a wildlife or zoo med person could be interested in in vet school because we have, you know, less information about it and it's such a niche profession. So what are your thoughts on getting an education on these animals while in vet school? 
So Florida, I feel like is actually unique because we do have, I mean, even though it is a small amount of classes compared to like what you would be taking for small animal, we still do have like a fair amount of classes and opportunities in this field. Um, but for me, a lot of it is getting experience outside of vet school and just especially beforehand was a big, big deal for me to try to like network with different wildlife centers and different zoos. And then during vet school, definitely getting to know your faculty because they are the most involved with the zoo and wildlife animals and getting involved in research is huge and just being able to network. That's like such a big thing in this field, just networking and taking any opportunity that you can. Good attitude in life. Shoot your shot. You can't miss. Okay, Caroline, tell me your favorite equine class. So my favorite class was actually a brand new course that was just offered for the first time this past semester. Um, so in the whole class was on uh, equine lameness and diagnostic imaging, uh, because historically that um, lecture material had been taught with the equine surgery course, but they found out that things got really rushed. And so they gave us the opportunity this year to kind of break it up. And so it was a three week course and the course lasted all day long from eight o'clock till about five o'clock. And each day it was broken up by an anatomic region. So for one day we would talk about just the foot and you could probably talk about the equine foot for the whole three week course and still not cover everything. But, you know, we'd have a whole day to talk about uh, in the morning, you know, anatomically what's in the foot going over things that we had learned from first year, but you know, there's a lot of things down there and you can forget some things. So it was a nice little review in the morning to go over that. We would talk about just some common diseases that happened in that anatomical region. And then in the afternoon, we would do some cases, like we would look at old historical cases that they had had come through the hospital on those regions. And then we would get to practice um, on live horses, getting to look at that area. So doing a lameness exam that you're specifically looking at how to, you know, look at the foot, ultrasound, the pastern and different soft tissue regions that are in that area. And then we would get a cadaver leg where we could practice doing little nerve blocks and blocking out joints and things like that, you know, in a safe little environment. And so it was a really unique course. It was a lot of work, you know, it was, I learned so much on that course. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes the courses that are the most work really are the best, even though at the time they might seem a little taxing. Let's talk about clubs and activities within the vet school. So tell me, I'm assuming that y'all are in multiple clubs and uh, folks listening at home, we encourage students not to take on too much, but that's the nature of the vet student. They take on a lot. So tell me your favorite club that you're involved in or activity relating to your specialty. Uh, I do. Um, I am very partial to the uh, equine club that we have here. Being in Florida, there are a lot of horses down here. So with that, we get a really big opportunity to uh, put on a lot of wet labs and bring in a lot of speakers that can, you know, talk about their experience, talk about different you know, topics in equine medicine. And as far as the wet labs go, it's a really nice way to kind of stay motivated as an equine student um, because something that um, you kind of learn along the way as you're in vet school is that the majority of veterinary students are small animal focused and they end up going into small animal medicine, which is great. And you do have to know small animal things because 
it's going to be on your boards, but it can be really hard when you're in these classes that they're just, you know, throwing all this dog and cat information at you. And you say, man, like, I know so much dog and cat things. It'd be way easier if I just went into, you know, small animal med, but even though I really like the equine stuff, but back to being in the clubs, it's really nice to have these opportunities where on the weekends I can still do wet labs and, you know, doing ultrasounds on horses and passing a scope and even castrating and doing dentals and things that I get to do myself as a first or second year student. And it really just like kept me motivated and getting me into this point that I'm in now. And, you know, it's just kind of solidified, like, this is definitely what I want to do. So I have two because they're just like both really special to me. Obviously the wildlife zoo and avian medicine club is like wonderful because it's like a similar to why what Caroline said about her equine club it's just like when you get overwhelmed with all of the small animal stuff and you're just like gosh I want to learn about birds they that's like your time to learn about those things because you have guest speakers coming in you have wet labs just and it just kind of reminds you like why you went to vet school in the first place and then another big one for me is PAWS which stands for pets are wonderful support and I'm actually one of the presidents of that club and we basically give like um, free veterinary care to residents of our Alachua County that are disabled or um, just terminally ill and financially compromised in some way. And a lot of those clients, like that club for me just allowed me to really use that education background and the communication aspect. And it was just like huge for me to see that like I could communicate with these people and a lot of their issues with their pets was just like a lack of education and it's kind of a similar thing for why I wanted to go into wildlife medicine um, and just that communication becomes so important on making sure that these animals get taken care of because if you know all the doctor stuff but you can't communicate it properly then it really doesn't matter. So even though uh, Britt and I were uh, members of the exec board for the for Wazan for the Wildlife uh, Club, my favorite club is actually a food animal club. Uh, so it's the student chapter chapter for the American Association of Bovine Practitioners. Um, even though it is for bovine practitioners, we actually do everything that has to do with food animals, from sheep, goats, pigs. Uh, sometimes we do stuff with birds, like uh, chickens, primarily. Um, but what I like to do is all, all the cow stuff. Um, I was the secretary for that club during second year and it's just an amazing club. We get to do a ton of wet labs. We're actually the busiest club when it comes to wet labs. Uh, we do palpations pretty much every single weekend. We do um, castration labs. We do hoof trimming labs. We do ultrasound labs. Pretty much anything that you can think of that a bovine practitioner would do, we do it during our labs. So uh, coming into first year, of course, like those first few weeks, you get bombarded by emails of all these different clubs holding their meetings and all the reasons why you should join every single one. Um, so it can get a little overwhelming. And even just being interested in small animal medicine, there's so many different specialties and fields that, you know, within the small animal medicine um, world that are represented by clubs at UF. So, you know, being a unique student in that I actually work part-time while I'm in school, I had to be really picky um, with what clubs I wanted to join because- I do part-time, Taylor. I, am, I did not know any student who actually works like part-time. What do you do? 
so again, I actually have a really unique opportunity that I came into vet school with um, a breadth of experience in emergency that I actually worked part-time in the UF um, Small Animal Emergency Hospital as a tech. Oh, very nice. Okay, so we're sticking yeah. in the field. Okay, wonderful. All right, keep going. So um, as far as the clubs I chose, it kind of stemmed along those interests. I'm in the um, emergency and critical care club and have actually just taken a position on the executive board for, you know, my rising second year. But one of the clubs that I really, really appreciated was the radiology club because they had a lot of wet labs, especially the ultrasound wet lab that I got to participate in that was wonderful. And um, that was something I appreciated about all the clubs really is that, of course, you get the benefits of the wet labs more so if you're involved in them heavily. But even if you're not involved in them, you can still apply to be in these opportunities in these wet labs. And that's what I did. And, and just all the wet labs that they offered were pertinent to skills that you're going to need um, as a vet. So it, it's awesome to be able to start practicing them and start practicing with these um, tools and uh, diagnostic tools. Okay, so I'm really excited about doing the podcast virtually because this is the first time I've ever had to have students on their externships on the podcast. So let's, for my three students who are old enough to do official credit externships, um, tell me what's been the best externship so far in regards to your field and do you feel like you're making connections for your future career? Uh, so I have completed uh, two externships so far and I have two more this summer and I absolutely loved both of them. Um, so I've been in South Carolina uh, before this and then um, Virginia. Something that I want to do career-wise is um, after I graduate I'd like to do a one-year internship at a private practice uh, that is in equine medicine. Um, it's so getting to do these um, um, externships at these two places has kind of given me the chance to look and see if these are places that I would want to potentially intern at. And it, with that, you know, they are allowing me to get hands-on experience. So I've been able to do joint blocks. I've been able to perform dentals by myself and even just, you know, working in the hospital and you know, just doing nightly treatments and giving medications and doing physical exams. That's just time with me touching horses and just getting to, you know, build my experience as a doctor. So I'm currently at the Wildlife Center of Virginia, uh, which is basically a big uh, research and teaching hospital for Virginia wildlife. And it's been absolutely incredible. I've been here for four weeks already. I'm like, so obsessed. I have gotten to do a ton of surgery, which I love. The doctors like are really great because they have a lot of confidence in me. And so they let me do surgical procedures by myself. They let me have a student help me. And like, I'm literally leading the OR, which is like so incredible. And um, it's just been so wonderful to kind of I've made it a point to not ask the doctors for every little thing. So I've been trying to challenge myself to make up my own plans and then like present it to them saying like, this is what I want to do. And then if they have suggestions, like obviously they would tell me, but like, it's kind of been inspiring because like it shows me that I actually do know a lot of things. So um, it's just been such a great opportunity to kind of just get in the field and realize like, 
this is going to be you in like a year, which is kind of terrifying, but also really exciting because it like this process is working. Like I actually know things. It's incredible. <laughs> well, I don't want to cry, but I started crying because, you know, Brittany was one of my pre-vet students. She used to call me Miss Avellino. And we've been talking about these days for so long where she would get to do externships and start getting ready for her career. So I'm so excited to hear that. Alejandro, have you had externships this summer and what have they been like? So I've actually been quite unlucky because uh, I had a month long externship planned in Colorado at an organic dairy, but that got canceled. Um, and then my, I have another externship coming up at the end of the month, but that's looking like it's not going to go through um, because of our current situation. So I'm actually right now working at, uh, at a Lions Dairies here in, in, uh, in uh, North Florida. And uh, it's been actually really fun. Um, it's hard work. It's outside. You know, I have to wake up at four in the morning and be at the dairy that's an hour away, um, which is, it's tough. But I mean, it's, it's, it's what I want to do anyway. So it's, it's a good practice to get in the habit of waking up early. Um, but it, it allows me to just get my technical skills, um, doing physical exams, um, practicing or giving medications and just running through a dairy and how it works on a day-to-day -day basis. Alejandro is getting hands-on experience, but getting paid with money. So it's, it's a great opportunity. Which is a rarity because not very many people get, to get paid. It, right. It's minimum wage still, but it's, it's still some money. Which a is little something. Okay, I wish I had a great sound effect because we're about to go into a lightning round. So I will ask questions of the entire group. You can unmute yourself to answer, but these are short answer questions to think on your feet. So question number one, must have accessory for your particular field? Palpation sleeves. <laughs> Palpation sleeves, definitely. Okay, who else? Um, a change of clothes, change of scrubs. <laughs> yes, everyone needs to have a change of scrubs. You're gonna get messy. A teeny tiny stethoscope for listening to tiny little birds. Do they make teeny tiny stethoscopes? They do. They're actually for like little human babies. They're called pediatric stethoscopes or infant stethoscopes. They're like the size of a dime. So cute. Uh, like dry fitting polos and shirts that won't show how sweaty you are when you're outside all day. <laughs> Yes, I love this question. So now students, if you're listening and you're like, I want to do all the things, go buy all four of those items. Okay, next question. Best activity in undergrad to prep for your area? Research. Working in an emergency animal hospital. Uh, my school's equestrian team. For me, definitely research and shadowing. Best resource. This could be plums. This could be Fowler's. What do you think is the best resource? So this is a, an app or a book or a website that your area must have. The exotic animal formulary. VIN. Veterinary Information Network. The um, Haggard Pharmacy app. Farad. For, it's, it's for food, animal, drugs. Perfect. Okay. Um, go to, so this may or may not be related to your path or your field, but your go-to wellness activity to stay well in vet school. Photography. Going on a walk with my dog. Scuba diving. 
workout videos. Nice. And finally, what do you think is the best thing if you had to, to get somebody to come over to your side of veterinary medicine, what is the best thing about it? What's the selling point? You just have such the power to make an impact on not only animals, but people. And like, that's a big deal for me because you're inspiring people through animals while also helping animals. The specialties in small animal medicine are just getting more and more complex. We have oncology, um, we have orthopedic surgery, and more and more of these specialties are getting more advanced. So you can practice uh, really complex medicine for small, animal med uh, small animals. Food animals, it's pretty self-explanatory. People need me to eat. Horses are great. You know, they, you can do so much with these animals and they just have the most like interesting personalities. Wow, you guys, great perspective, great insight, great resources. What do the pre-vet students need to hear from you to help encourage them? What advice do you have for them when they're approaching vet school? My biggest piece of advice is to get as much diverse experience as you possibly can. Even if you know like 100% you want to do small animal or large animal, focus a lot of your experience on those things. But like I had food animal experience and the person that interviewed me happened to be a food animal vet. So you just never know. So just get as much experience as you can and really get to know the field because you're going to see all sides of it in vet school. Um, I, I agree with Britt. Um, I would add to that to not worry too much about having a 4.0 in undergrad. Um, I got into vet school with a 3.3. Uh, so grades don't matter. Um, just persevere and just make sure you're positive and have a very, very, very wide array of experiences. Um, to kind of add to that as well is um, do something that you are passionate about and that you can talk about about what makes you you and you different from all the other applicants i think it's really important to even if you have some activity that you love you know maybe it's you know ice skating or for me i was a tour guide and it was great and you know it didn't have really anything to do with animals but i had so many awesome stories that i was able to tell you know, in my interviews and in my papers that I had to write. And I think it gave me just a little bit of something else that I could talk about that really gave them an idea of who I am. Yeah, just touching on everyone. Those are great points. Um, diversify your experience. And, you know, getting into vet school, I remember always looking at those average statistics and everything, and you can't help but compare your journey with everyone else's, but there really is no comparison. And getting into vet school, like I said earlier, there's no right way to do it. Um, you just have to follow your heart, you know, be passionate about what you want to do with vet med, uh, find a way to, you know, really grasp that passion, whether it's, you know, in a work opportunity, volunteer opportunity, or, you know, anything like that. And also don't forget, you know, your roots, what you actually enjoy just for yourself. You know, vet med is your career. Um, a, lot, a lot of us, for us, it's our world, but you know, you, you need to remember what you also enjoy on the side and remember that those make you a great candidate as well. Like your sports that you're into, your hobbies and things like that.
Wow, I think everybody at home is feeling the inspiration from these future veterinarians. Three out of the four of them will be veterinarians faster than a year from now, which is crazy. So I wanna thank you guys for being here, um, taking the time. I know y'all are very busy. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am Alex Avellino and we'll talk to you soon.